0: NFL great Benjamin Watson retired from professional football to tackle a new topic, the issue of abortion. Find out more about his journey and how you can get involved in today's episode of A View From The Wall.
1: Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers
0: to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Bruce, joined with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we are thrilled to be back with you today. We've had some amazing guests over the past few months, but I'm especially excited to share a conversation with you today with our friend and NFL great Benjamin Watson. He's the executive producer of The Divided Hearts of America, and his work in the pro-life discussion includes featured interviews with people like Dr. Ben Carson, Tim Scott, Avita King, and many others. He's also the author of the books Under Our Skin and The New Dad's Playbook. And most importantly, he's a caring husband to Kirsten and dad to seven adoring kids. Benjamin, welcome to A View from the Wall.
2: Uh, How are you guys doing? Good to be
0: here with you. Oh, great to be with you as well. Benjamin, uh, we want to start off by sharing some of your story about your NFL career because some of our listeners recognize you from there. And uh, take a few moments to share your story of how you came from the NFL to doing the work that you're doing today with this film.
2: Yeah, well, I was fortunate to play in the NFL for sixteen years and um, just retired at the last year. I uh, played in New England with the Patriots, in Cleveland, New Orleans, and Baltimore. Uh, but but this this type of work, I think, has been uh, a part of uh, my wife and I's story for the whole time. Uh, we since we've been married, which has been fifteen years, we always wanted to be uh, people who advocated for justice. You know, like it talks about in Micah Six Eight. Right and uh, mercy and walking humbly with God. And so we've we've looked for opportunities throughout our career, throughout my career, to be involved with helping people. Whether it was uh, sex trafficking, which we've done some work there, uh, whether it was poverty or or, or just lending a helping hand in the communities where we've been. And so when it comes to the the issue of of abortion, we consider it to be a justice issue. And you know, our work in that area has has involved it revolved around you know purchasing ultrasounds and. Uh, Just supporting clinics and really just bringing awareness to the issue, uh, but most importantly, in a way that um, protects life, uh, but also uh, protects mothers and and, and, you know focusing on bringing bringing families together because uh, we truly believe that that the family is the building block of society and families are under attack in a lot of different ways. So, any way we can strengthen the family, uh, we're going to lean into that.
3: Benjamin, you and I first met back in 2015 when your book launched at our church under our skin um, down in Tampa. And the conversation has changed a lot since then with all of the news events with Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. Where is the conversation of race in America today? Where does the discussion go from here?
2: You know, um, I do remember that. And it seems like it was yesterday. Uh, But here we are again uh, with another summer. Uh, much like the one that that we had back in 2014 and 2015, uh, this is this is something that that we uh, are going to deal with for a very long time in some respects, and and we have to be honest about that. Uh, we also have to realize that we have made uh, great progress when it comes to legislation, also when it comes to the heart, but uh, but there is more that needs to be done, and I think that this this year has has been a year of reckoning for sure. Um, we we can't. We have to be honest with ourselves and say that, that this has been put in our face in ways that it hasn't in the previous several years. Uh, on one day in June 6th of, of this past year, half a million people protested, half a million people all around the country in 500 different cities. And so everyone has, has been touched by what they've seen. The question is, what do we do? And we have to keep doing the things that, that we have, and we have to keep. Um, listening. First we have to lament though. We have to no matter where you're from, no matter what your background is, there needs to be some sort of lament over what has happened. When anyone loses their life, no matter who it is or how it happened, we should lament over that. Uh after that, you no, know, we definitely need to be to be listening. We need to listen to experiences. We need to learn about the history of this country. And I and I'm not talking about, you know, hundreds of years ago. I'm talking about last year, the year before. And then in love, I think that will compel us to, as, as individuals, as families, as corporations, as businesses, as, as, um, a country to do what needs to be done when it comes to creating equity. It's within our grasp, but it's going to take us being willing to sacrifice sometimes and put our pride to the side in order to do it. And that's got to come from the courtroom, but also has to come from the living room.
0: Well, that's so well said. And I love those three L's that you mentioned there to lament the situation, to listen, as well as to show love and such an important part of our Christian faith and something that we as Christians have to step up and do a better job with. But now you've moved into filmmaking and you're talking about your work as an executive director of the Divided Hearts of America. And we'll get into this more in the next segment, but share briefly why this film and the pro-life issue is so important to you and to your family.
2: Everyone, we all made in the image of God. And that starts at conception and it ends at death. Whether that's you know, working uh, in a small business or whether that be pre-born um, at 18 weeks in the womb or whether that be the elderly or whether that be someone that is here in the United States or somewhere else. We should do our very best to, to promote and secure and protect life. And so it's important to us because of that. Um, I believe that you know, whether I was a Christian or not, which I am, and I do believe that there's a spiritual mandate there. Even outside of that, I think that we should all be vested in supporting life in whatever ways ways that we can. And so divided Hearts of America really is a look at the division in America when it comes to this issue. We are deeply divided. And many times we uh, don't even listen to or hear anyone on the other side. And so in doing the film, I hope was to bridge the gap, was to uh, interview and talk to, and I talked about 30 different people, many of whom you mentioned earlier, but people that were in academia or medicine, uh, people that were pro-life and pro-choice or somewhere in between. And, and the goal there was to create a dialogue, um, but also to create conviction on, on where we go from here.
0: those are such good words and if you are wondering how to get more information about this we'll talk about this more but the website for benjamin watson the watson7.com you can check out more about his ministry and his work there as well as about the film and see the trailer it's a convicting trailer in terms of the film the divided hearts of america and when we come back we'll talk more about this and why it's important for us so stick with us here on a view from the wall
1: From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. Corey Tenboom lost friends and family in concentration camps during World War II. There was one guard that was especially cruel. Day after day, he tormented prisoners. After the war, Corey became an evangelical storyteller, sharing of how God saw her through the dark days of war. One night, after speaking at an event, that prison guard walked up to the stage where Corey was. He said he had become a believer and needed to ask her for forgiveness. It wasn't easy, and there were tears in her eyes, but she forgave the man because the man Jesus had forgiven her. The guard asked for forgiveness and was blessed. And when Corey extended forgiveness, she was blessed, and we will be too as we follow the example set for us by Christ. Be bold, be faithful, be a watchman. watchman Iamawatchman.com.
0: Welcome back to View From The Wall. As Joe and I continue our conversation today with NFL great and filmmaker Benjamin Watson, we want to turn our attention to the most recent work that he's been doing on a film called The Divided Hearts of America. So for those who are just joining us, perhaps tell us a little bit about the story behind the film and what people will see when they watch this.
2: Well, the concept of the film started back in 2019 when New York passed the reproductive Health Act, which um, basically uh, removed all, all uh, restrictions on abortion. And, and we saw how different states, whether it be conservative or liberal states on this issue, started passing trigger laws or allowed to codify abortion into state law. Uh, along with that, the debate started to to you know, flame up, and and people were becoming enraged, and and there just seemed to be more of a focus on this issue. But a lot of the rhetoric was not uh, productive, to say the least. Uh, and so within that, um, my wife and I, we've been involved with supporting uh, life in different ways, and, and we're looking for a different way to do so. And a small film crew, we got together and created this concept of going to interview actually people in different realms of American society on their on their views on abortion. And so, as I mentioned before, we talked to people on both sides of the issue. But the whole goal was to find out how we got here and where we're going and what exactly is happening throughout America when it comes to abortion. What What is the abortion? What happens during the procedure? Why should we care? Is it Is it a matter of uh, reproductive rights? Is it a matter of the rights of the, of the preborn? We have this debate, but we try to have it in a way that is, is um, thought provoking, uh, but also reveals the, the unabashed truth about what's going on.
3: Ben, you do such a great job with this. Abortion discussions focus so much on the women and the abortion clinics and, of course, the babies. And all of those are important. But one of the things that you do differently that is missing is you address the men who helped create this pregnancy. Talk to those men
2: for a minute. Well, I've said that, you know, a child is uh, forty 40th chromosome, 23 and 23. So for those who say that men don't have any, any say so, well, well, half of the baby is them. Um, so men do have to say so, and men actually need to stand up and be accountable when it comes to the women that that we choose to uh, impregnate. But uh, m- much of what has happened on the abortion landscape has to do with the inability or the unwillingness of men um, to to actually take care of of, of children. That, now that happens in a variety of different ways. So a lot of different reasons for that. Um, some men are out of the home because of uh, unemployment, crush, whatever it may be, there are different reasons. Uh, but at the end of the day, men do have a role, and a huge role in, in being the protectors and providers of of their families. And so I found, I think, that only, it seems that like only men really can challenge other men. And so when I challenge a man, it is not because I have it all together, because I don't. But it's because I want to hold people to the same standard that I'm trying to hold myself to on uh, imperfectly. Because when we look at the landscape of life and death in this country and around the world, if men would uh, be accountable for our actions before and after um, being impregnated, before and after conception, so much of this would change. So much of, so much of, uh, uh, of the care and the love that women feel from us would change.
0: Well, that is such a powerful reminder of the responsibility of men when it comes to the pro life issue, and you address that well in the divided hearts of America. I love some of these interviews that you have, Doctor Ben Carson, Alveda King, and others. As you did the interviews for this film, tell me a little bit about one maybe that stood out to you and impacted you personally as you were producing this.
2: Um, I really, I really enjoyed so many of the interviews, and um, one of my favorite actually was, was interviewing uh, Liz Kruger. Ms. Krueger uh, is a state senator from New York, and she invited us into her home to interview her, and she was actually the, the co-sponsor, the sponsor of the Reproductive Health Act in New York. She actually helped write the bill. And so that bill, as I mentioned before, uh, kind of set with the first domino uh, when it comes to different states, um, li- more, more liberal, I guess, abortion-friendly states, creating laws to help codify abortion. So she obviously, we don't obviously share the same point of view. But what was interesting in sitting in her living room and talking to her was just her reason for why she did what she did. And while I don't obviously agree on the, on the larger outcome, we need to be able to have conversations with people who don't think like us on this issue. Because many of them uh, do care about women and they care about life. Uh, but, but they but they clearly see things in, in a different way. Um, another interview was, was Senator Katrina Jackson from Louisiana, and she is a Democrat. And the only reason why I say that is because so many people feel like, you know, if you're Republican, you got to be pro-life. If you're Democrat, you got to be pro-choice. And what I found in talking to different people is that there are a lot of variations between there. If she's a Democrat. She's pro-life. Um, just politically, she aligns with that party, and that's okay. Uh, But she still stands for life on this issue. And so in our dialogue and our conversations, when it comes around politics, we need to have a little more grace with asking the why somebody votes the way they do or why somebody might align themselves with a specific party. We can't continue to paint everybody with such a broad brush.
3: Benjamin, one thing you articulate so well, as a country, we aren't yet where we want to be. But we've made a lot of progress. There's a lot of hope in your message. What are the goals for America? What's the word of hope?
2: Um, well I, I would say that specifically right now, we just came off of an election. uh there is still a lot of a lot of uh division and and you understand that uh whenever there's there's an election cycle that that's to be expected. But on top of that, we have uh had a year. Unlike any other in 2020, where we've had a global pandemic, we've had uh, economic upheaval with people losing their jobs, many not getting them back. We've had a racial reckoning, at least in the United States, and also around the world where people are asking what's going on in America. So for a lot of us, we are shaken in ways that we haven't been before. And so for for me, my hope, my hope really rests in Psalm 16, 8. And in that psalm, uh, David says, I set the Lord, be- I continually set the Lord before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. And what David is saying is that he- he's affected. Like, we're all affected by what's going on right now in the country. We should be. I mean, we're human beings. We're going to be affected. But our faith and our foundations should never be shaken to the point where we feel hopeless or we feel that we're destructible because they should be rooted in who God is and the fact that we are trying to follow and keep our eyes on him. Doesn't mean we don't have problems. Doesn't mean we don't have all those sorts of things. But we do have hope. For the nation, so much is good about this country that while we still have things that aren't great, we have remedies for them. And, and, And the arc of this country has been toward justice. Now, it's going to take intentional action. It's going to take intentional conversation. It's going to take intentional sacrifice. But I've been hopeful when I talk to people who are starting to get it in a way that maybe they hadn't got it before.
0: We have to take a quick break, but we'll be back in just a moment with more on A View from the Wall. Stick with us.
1: The Bible predicts the rapture of the church is coming. Are you ready? Soon many will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Only they will escape the dark days that are coming, a time of tribulation that will usher in the Antichrist and great destruction upon the entire earth. There's only one escape, one way, one light, one truth. His name is Jesus. He came and died so that we may live forever with him, But to receive this new life, there are three things we must do. The ABCs of salvation. A. Admit you're a sinner and that you need a Savior. Ask for forgiveness and receive His grace. B. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He came, lived, died, rose again, and will come again. Believe that He is Lord and God. C. Commit to walk His path the path He wants you to walk, and walk it out by faith. Then you'll be ready for the return of the Lord. To learn more about the rapture and how to know for sure, visit amiraptureready.org.
0: Welcome back to a view from the wall as joe and i continue to talk with nfl great benjamin watson and his pro-life work in his new film the divided hearts of america we want to focus on the idea of family first that he discusses in his books and in his speaking and benjamin we talk frequently about worldview on our program and how it informs who we are and what we do in life take a moment to talk about your perspective on family first and how that perspective drives the work that you do today
2: well, uh, the, the very first institution uh, that was created was the family. Uh, we, we see at the beginning of time that there was a man, woman, there were children, there was, there was a family there. And so there's a certain sense of, sense of order when it comes to the family. And what happens, the way we are thrown into destruction usually has to do with families being broken apart, either either purposefully from outside influences, or from inside influences, breaking up of families always leads to negative outcomes. It always leads to, to the outcomes that we don't want in, in any society. Whether you're a believer or not, that's just the facts. When you look at any negative outcome that people have, the, the destruction of the family leads to that. And so, so there's, a, there's a responsibility, I think, to encourage men when it comes to fatherhood, encourage women um, as mothers. Encourage parents together to be leaders in their homes, um, to, to address issues, you know, like what we've talked about over the last few minutes, like like issues of race or issues of, of culture, issues like abortion, whatever it may be. Um, teaching our children how to view other people, um, how to respect other people, how to view them as equals, not that they're better or they're worse, but as equals created in the image of God. Parents have to be intentional. When they teach their kids, because there's a worldview out there that is going to affect your children. There's a worldview that will affect us as parents so if we don't continue to be vigilant, and continue to give them the right uh, way to do things so that when they face different trials and different troubles and different issues, they know how to think about them from the correct worldview.
3: Ben, we like to put resources in people's hands, and you, as a father of seven, are uniquely qualified to write a book about being a dad, but you wrote it from a football perspective. Talk about the dad's playbook.
2: Yeah, the new dad's playbook, get ready for the biggest game of your life. It's kind of like, um, you know, my wife said, you know, look, you need to write a what to do uh, uh, when you're expecting for guys, because basically all the stuff I messed up on, she's like, you need to put it in there so everybody else can get it right. (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, That's right. So the
2: New Dad's Playbook is part practical You know, it, it goes through the stages of pregnancy It's written for men Going through the stages of pregnancy Men like to have knowledge And so everything from, you know, what's morning sickness To what do you expect when you go to the OB appointment To how to pack a bag uh, for the hospital <laughs> visit To how to bring the baby home and how to pick a stroller All those sorts of things um, Car seat is it, all packed in there even before I had kids, I was scared. I was worried. So for a lot of guys, you know, whether you had a father, as an example, or not, sometimes you feel inadequate. And so the goal of the book was really, you know, to give guys, obviously, a handbook for pregnancy and how to support their mother and their children, but to also tell them that they have what it takes to do it, and also that society collectively, as well as your child that's not born yet and, and the mother needs you to fulfill that role. Even if you're imperfect, it just need you to try.
0: Yes, well, that's well said. We have to try whether we have an example that we are building from with our own father, whether we're starting a new tradition on our own. So it's such an important resource, the New Dad's Playbook. And as we wrap up in our last few minutes today, we have many listeners who consider themselves watchmen in the biblical sense that they're watchmen on the wall, trying to carry a difficult message that the world perhaps doesn't want to hear at times, whether it's talking about Bible prophecy or Christian perspective on the issues of our time. What word of challenge do you have for those who are watching and witnessing and seeking to finish well in these difficult times?
2: Yeah, well In the book of Ezekiel it talks about the watchman and you were able to see the enemies coming from a long way away. And if the watchman didn't say anything, if the watchman saw an enemy coming to attack his city and his family and didn't say anything, what would we think about the watchman? What would we think about someone who sees the arrows of culture coming that are going to destroy the family continually that are going to undermine uh, what we know to be true what would be said of us if we kept quiet and so the encouragement there is is that you have a role to play you have a job to do and and to do the football terminology we just need everyone to do their job no more no less god has placed you in a specific sphere of influence mainly because of, you know, your age, your occupation, your ethnicity, your job, whatever it is, wherever you place it, you have to be a good steward of that. You have to be aware. Now, the way you're aware of what's coming in the culture and the way you're able to decipher is by being in the Word and being able to distinguish what is truth and what is a falsehood. So as watchmen, you have to be in the Word. You have to be watching. You have to be willing and have courage to speak out when something is is going against what we know is the best plan for for our lives
0: well that's so well said and as we wrap up today for those who would like to know more about the film and learn more about your work where should they go to find out more uh,
2: they can go to the watson7.com uh, spelled out the watson uh, seven that's our family website and on there there's books for sale there's um a link to the trailer and a link to Divided Hearts of America, the documentary. Uh, There's also, uh, will be, we also have a podcast that is out right now. There may not be a link on the website yet, but the podcast is called Why or Why Not with the Watches? Why or Why Not with the Watches? And it's available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, uh, all the platforms for podcasts. It's my wife and I uh, talking about parenting, marriage, uh, current events, Uh, and a bunch of other funny stuff that we talk about.
0: So check that out as well. Yeah, well, we're excited and looking forward to that. And let us say to our listeners a quick thank you for being with us today. We appreciate you and appreciate you joining us today. We are here to serve you and encourage you to listen again to all of our programs at Iamawatchman.com or wherever you stream your podcast. Join us next time on A View from the Wall.